appreciate the, the slide about the tomatoes. I am a discouraged and a quitter when it comes to tomato plants. This past year I didn't even try because I tried to grow some tomatoes, had some secrets that I even applied, and I did not get the fruit. I did not get the results. And uh, I have found that if you grow tomatoes well, I can buy them fairly inexpensively from you, and I'm fine with that. That's good. So go after it and tell me about it. I did try, and I did inspect my fruits and found them wanting. And it reminded me that in a much better way, with greater skill, our Father, God the Father, is portrayed as just that, a farmer. He says so in one of the parables Jesus taught, I'm the vine, you're the branches. The Father is the gardener. He's the farmer. And today I want you to imagine God as a farmer. And we are those results. We are, are just that. And you wonder, what is it that God wants when he sees us? What is it that he's looking for? And he tells us exactly. But it all comes down to this. God wants what grows out of an inward transformation to make us like Christ. He spoke about this in the Old Testament, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. What, what is it that God wants from you? The, the prophet asked. He says, well, I, I want you to act, God says, I want you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Those are things that grow from within. When we are just and equitable toward people, it's because we have something within us that makes us want to treat them equitably rather than seeing everybody as an opportunity and everybody as a way that I can get richer. No, I, it, it grows from without, in, within me to, be, to love mercy, to love mercy rather than begrudge mercy. So, well, they had that coming, you know. That is something that is within me, and it either grows out, it emerges out of the transformation within or not. And to walk humbly with your God rather than, oh, it's an inconvenience to go to worship. Oh, it's an inconvenience to serve the Lord. It's such an inconvenience. That's not walking humbly with God. There's an inward transformation that God wants. And then in the New Testament, Jesus says the same thing. He's looking at us, and he, there's something that he wants, and he says, well, here's, what do you want? You know, how, how does this all break down? He says, well, it comes down to this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second command is just like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love for God, love for those around us. That's something that grows from within. And when God is looking for the fruit that ought to be growing, he's looking for that which grows out of an inward transformation. So how is that going to happen? There's nothing automatic. There's nothing just because you came to church that you walk out a different person. No, there's a, there's a process. There's something that God is actively doing. And to understand what is going on in our lives, I'm going to turn to Philippians the second chapter. Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 12. A wonderful passage of Scripture. And it begins with this way. It says, just as, just as 
you have always obeyed, verse 12, not only my presence, but now much more my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. The first thing is that God is already at work within us. God is works in us to change us continuously. That's the beginning point of what God expects from us, is that he first invests in us. Because before I ever came to faith, there was Jesus Christ who came, and at the cross, he died for me. And he said at one place, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. And immediately, God began to draw down through the generations, reaching all the way to me. He's working at drawing himself to himself. And after he rose from the dead, he, he went and he ascended to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now comes and draws me into what God is doing draws me into that fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and He is working within me. These are powerful things, powerful concepts, and it doesn't stop there. I give God, when I first came to be aware of, of my need for Christ, what I did is I gave God my sins. I gave Him all the bad stuff. I gave Him everything that nobody wants, not even me. And I said, God, here it is, and He took that. But because Jesus is not just the one who takes our junk. He is the Lord of creation. He cannot help but claim all of me. And when I said yes to Jesus and I offered my junk and said, forgive this, he took my whole arm and began to draw me in. And it was not just like, oh yes, thank you for your junk. No, he just took my hand, drew my arm, and began to take me all the way in, and he began to do what only he could do, because you see, Christ not only claims me, but he's at the right hand of the Father, prays for me every second of every day. That's what it says, because he always lives to intercede for us, Hebrews 7.25, he is able to save completely those who come to him, completely. In other words, he's claiming all of me, and he's saving me. First, I was saved from the penalty of sin. That's giving God my junk, and he says, you're forgiven. Then he does more than that. He saves me from the power of sin. And he's working his Holy Spirit within me to release me from the habits that had claimed me and defined my life and your life. And he changes that by the power of the Spirit. And one day he's going to come to save me from the presence of sin. And that's when Jesus returns. He is continuously working in me to this very day. There is no, uh, no cessation to it. He is continually saving so that I would be completely saved, not just unload my junk. When you come to the altar, it's not just about feeling better. It's not just about unloading your junk. Oh, he will take whatever you give him, but you offer it with your hands, he's, he's going to take your whole arm. That's good news, because you know what? We didn't want to stay the way we were. If we stayed the way we were, you know what would happen? We would create the same problems we've always done. If we stayed the way we were, we would end up sinning the same way that we always had. And if we stayed the way we are, we, the way we were, then there would be very little difference 
between that and turning over a new leaf. But there is a difference because when I offer, he takes my whole arm and draws me in because he's going to save me completely. It's like the vine. God works in the vine. And the branches grow out of the vine. God is, is living. The life of God is in the vine. And we, can, we, we, we are outgrowths of that. There is a complete transformation. And when God begins with me, he pours his life into me. And there cannot help but be a transformation when everything is done the way it's supposed to be. And so here I'm called to rely on that. The change is genuine because God not only deals with my, my externals, no, he's dealing with the internals. He first of all begins with the things that I'm interested in. And suddenly I'm interested in things that I never thought I'd be interested in. The things of God, things that are holy, things that are wholesome. And I become interested and then he begins to change my desires so that I long for those things that only God can give as he's pulling me in. He's pulling me in. He gives me this longing for what only God can give. And then he changes, after changing my desires, the next thing that will change is my decisions. I will start making decisions according to my desires. Drudgery is when I'm asked to make a decision and I want to do something else. So God authentically works in me so that he begins, what does the scripture say? To make you will, to desire before you act decisively. Desire, decisions, and then finally, there's the expected deeds. Well, we, we move from being disinterested to interested, from desiring what is unholy to desiring what is holy and healthy, from making decisions that led us to sin to making decisions that lead us closer to Christ. And the deeds are simply the outgrowth of that. He works continuously. He works in. It's quite clear that what follows is I must work it out. If he's working it in, I must work it out. Now, the first thing I must do is remain reliant, remain dependent upon what God is doing because this is never going to be a production of my own human will and good effort. It'll always be a production of what God is working in. So I must remain yielded or uh, so forth. But I cannot just remain a receiver. I must become a distributor. I'm not talking about Amway. No worries. I'm talking about that which God works in, that I receive, that we say, Lord, more of you. Give me more of you. And God is saying, now distribute that into every part of your life, to your schedule. That's your bodily habits. That's your, what you do with yourself. To your habits of your heart. That's your attitudes. The habits of your mind, what you think about. The habits of your relationships. Work it out. What I have worked in. That's what he's saying here in verse 12. Continue to work out your salvation. Continue to work it out. Our action is grounded in our yielding. We yield to Christ and then we produce what? A yield for Christ. We yield to Christ and then we produce a yield for Christ. 
It's in our action. It's in our living. And we ultimately are responding to what he has done. I love the word respond because from that we get the word responsibility. Our responsibility is to respond what God has worked in, to remain yielded. And there he is, God the Father. And he's investing in us. He's farming. He's putting into us. He's, he's working within us. He gives his son, Jesus, and he gives his spirit, and that is working within us. And now he asked me, work it out. It's not just about receiving. It's about distribution. And he says, with fear and trembling. In other words, there are some things so important, you dare not just put them off. They are things that, that ought to, there ought to be some nervousness about it. You know what it's like? It's about like this young couple in our church, uh, you know, that this coming weekend are going to make a marriage vow. And everybody who's been married for any number of years, they, they just really quiet down when they hear those vows because now they know this is a big deal. That's a big deal. We have fear and trembling when we hear about a storm, when we hear about a divorce, when we hear about a, a child that is doing things that are, that's going to harm them irreparably. irreparably. We, there's fear and trembling, and there ought to be fear and trembling at the idea of trivializing that which God has worked in because it took the cross and it took the Spirit and it took continuous prayer to the, by the Father's right hand to work in. And now we want to trivialize Oh, if it's convenient. No. We must remain an open book to God. And say, God, you can write new chapters as you want to. And so God the Father is looking at us, and like a farmer who walks down the rows of his field, he walks down and he inspects the plants, and he does so thinking, what does this one need? I, I need to encourage this one. I need to give him more walking down the pews in every church. Like a farmer walking down the road. What does this one need? And every so often he might find one and say, this one has shut me off. Its roots are no longer taking in any nourishment. Its blossoms are no longer opening up to the sun. This one is in danger, fatal, because it's going to die. He does things. He cultivates the ground and he gives more nourishment in hopes that this one that seems to be cutting him off will come alive again. He's walking down the pews inspecting the crop. I've worked in this one. I've given my son poured out my spirit. My son prays for him every single day, every second of the day. And will he find you still yielding to the Spirit and yielding for Christ? Stand with me as we pray. A loving Father, you are the gardener. You gave your Son to be the vine. We are the branches, and we want to yield now for you as we yield to you. And I pray, Father, that you would not be disappointed. You may see us as needing some encouragement. We come for that. 
But what we want to be sure of today is that we are yielded. That there's nothing resisting you. And may you find nothing in us that resists you. That's our prayer right now in Jesus' name. Oh, amen.